Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Come on, Mel. Wow. That was like a message right there. You guys ready to pray? Let's do this. Oh, man, that was so good. And, uh, man, I just want to pray on that. You know what I mean? I just want to say a prayer as we begin this. I feel like worship and Mel's story right there just sets us up for God's word. You you agree? All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that as we step in today, that, Lord, um, that, God, our hearts truly are ready for whatever it is you have. And that, God, if you want to teach us something that we aren't expecting, that, Lord, we would just be um, ready for that, too. So fill us up with your desires and your will for our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, all right. So I hope you guys are ready to go. You guys ready to dive in? We're going to go into the deep end today. Who's ready to dive in? All right. Well, I'm praying the pool is not empty. (laughs) I'm kidding. Of course, I actually have quite a bit of belief that today God, (laughs) it took a minute for some of you. it's like a ripple effect with that laughter. But the, uh, I do believe, and I'm, and I'm actually uh, feeling quite the opposite about any empty pools. I believe God has something significant that he wants to do in us, not only in this season, but perhaps even today for some of us. I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to meet some of you today in a, in a really tangible way. And, I, and we pray that every week, but, um, and it, but I, I was just hoping and praying that uh, for each of us today. Well, we're in week five, as, as we mentioned, of this renewal series, and today's Today's message, I'm calling it Make Room, a.k.a. Preparing for Renewal. And uh, I'm literally putting in parentheses, a.k.a. Preparing for Renewal for dramatic effect for you. Um, but I remember before each, Christy and I, we had our, each of our kids, there was a season, a time of preparation that had to be made, right? And so the most important thing you do whenever you learn that you're going to have a new baby is you start to get... The, the, their baby room ready, the nursery ready, right? And so you start getting all the preparations made and you start, you know, you put the crib in there, you get the changing table, you get the changing pad, you get the diaper genie, you get the, you get the uh, I don't know, the baby wipes. There's a lot to do with diapers in preparing for a baby, right? Um, it's a thing, like they give you like mega packs of diapers at baby showers. But anyway, when you're preparing for uh, something new and in this case, someone new, you start to make room in your house. <laughs> um, to the point that, like, for us, it was always taking a room that was for a different purpose and changing it. So, like, it might be changing a guest room, which, by the way, had no purpose because no guests ever came to stay with us. I don't know what that's about, but we just decided, well, well nobody's going to use this room. Let's just get another baby one, two, three, four times. <laughs> and so every time, though... Every time we have new life, a new thing coming, a new, whenever God birthed something new, we had to make room for the new. Are you all with me? All right, here we go today. So uh, I want to take us naturally to the book of Leviticus, <laughs> everyone's favorite book, Leviticus chapter 26. Um, there's actually a lot of great truth in Leviticus. It's just some difficult reading, but Leviticus 26, verse 10, it says, you will still be eating from last year's harvest when you will have to move it out and make room for the new. <laughs> I didn't, I'm just reading the Bible, guys. I didn't even write that. That was like, that's 6,000 years old. 
You will have to make room for the new. And I wonder how many of us are eating off of last year when it's time to move it out and make room for the new. And so here's what we're going to do today is we're going to try and make room for what God has. Because I want to talk about preparation. Because I believe we have to make room for new life. Just like when we make room for a new baby, we got to have to make room for the renewal that God wants to bring to us. If we don't make room for it, it's not coming. And I want to quickly remind us, if I, if I may, of something I shared with you a couple weeks ago in the renewal process that I showed you. And this is a slightly modified picture from Mark Sayers in his book, Reappearing Church. And honestly, I can't quit thinking about this thing in my own life. Uh, I'll give a brief review in case you missed it, in case you're forgetting all that's going on. But it starts at the top with decline, meaning perhaps there's a decline in the individual. It could be a lack of spiritual fruit. It could be now you have high anxiety and the lack of peace, whatever type of a decline it is. It could be decline in an, in an overall uh, culture or the state of the church, which I think we could say, yeah, there's some truth in that in our world today. Then there's a moment, a gateway moment, and it's typically brought about by crisis. And so we talked about how perhaps this pandemic is a gateway moment to where there's an opportunity for change to occur, for God's renewal to come rushing in and to take over our culture, our church, the world. We pray that would be the, the result of the things that we're going through. But this could also be a crisis on an individual level. It could be you having a moment and say, I can't take it anymore. I'm not going to live this way anymore. God has something better for me. I'm going to pull myself up out of the pit and I'm actually going to step into the promises that God has for me. There's a gateway moment to where it leads to holy discontent. There's a holy discontent in which we have a deep dissatisfaction about the state of our faith, the state of the church, or the state of the culture. And we say, no more, no more. And there's a tipping point that occurs at this point where things start to tip and change in our life. And then the very next thing that happens, and you see it on the screen, is we get to the word, everyone say it with me, preparation, right? Preparation is a time in which God begins to say, I'm going to do things in you that are going to cause you to come to the end of yourself. It's no longer going to be something that you're going to try and keep fighting to get your way. You're actually going to start preparing for me to change you. And so it's going to change rhythms. It's going to change things in your life, the way you do life. And all sorts of stuff becomes about simple surrender. Surrender to confessing that we are nothing without him, that we can't save ourselves, that we need renewal in a huge way. So it's a time of humbling ourselves before God. And of course, you'll see on the screen, of course, the renewal process, it kind of continues after preparation, followed by, followed by a time of contending, a time of what Sayers calls holy patterns. We'll talk more about those things in the coming weeks. But this is a process that has led many people in many churches to experience great moves of God. Now, this is not a prescription. I said that before. This is not a recipe. We don't do these five. This isn't five steps to renewal where you do these things and all of a sudden God's parting the Red Sea, giving you everything you want, right? That's not what this is. Instead, what we're noticing is when you, when you really study the history and the patterns of renewal and revival in the world, these are the types of things that are present in the people that are experiencing it. They're experiencing a holy discontent. They're experiencing great levels of coming to the end of, the, end of themselves and preparing uh, for God to do something great, changing their lives as a result. And then we see contending and a change in the way of life. And then comes in this ushering of renewal and even revival. And so this isn't a prescription. This is a pattern. This is something we would say is present in anybody that wants to see renewal happen. And so if you're feeling some holy discontent these days, if you're stirred up a bit these days, if you feel like you want more of God... 
if you're tired of the way it is and you want to make room for the new, well, then I'm telling you, you have to get ready. You have to prepare your life for actual change. Most of us want change but won't prepare for change. Most of us scream for change, but we don't actually, actually do anything to change. And so here's the thing. This past week, my family has been working um, on a memory verse. And together, it, it's, uh, we've been working on Joshua 1.9. A lot of you know this verse, but it says, Be strong and courageous, right? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's a good verse, right? We know this verse. A lot of us have done this verse before. In fact, why don't we just do it together, all right? And so I'm just going to break it up for you. You're going to repeat the little sections of it. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do, not be do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So this is, an, this is an incredible verse from, a, from, an actual, it's an, from an incredible story, actually, about Joshua and the Israelites finally entering the promised land after wandering in the desert for 40 years. This is what God says to Joshua. And so I'm just going to read it because God says, hey, I want you to be ready. I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. I'm about to take you someplace. Joshua chapter 1 Verse number one, after the death of Moses. And so if you don't, aren't familiar with the Bible, this is an Old Testament story before the time of Jesus, actually centuries before. And Moses had been leading the Israelites and Joshua follows Moses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. So God tells Joshua, the wandering in the desert is over, right? It's time to move. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. This sounds very familiar, right? Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all my law the servant, my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law, which is the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This is the only Bible that exists at this time. Keep the Bible, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? And here's that verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So three times. That's a good, that's a good story, right? I mean, that's some good words right there. Three times God says to, to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And I wonder today, as I prepared for this, I just started to think and literally pray, Lord, is there anybody in our room today, anybody watching online today, that needs strength, that needs courage? Is there anyone that's afraid right now? Their, their life is filled with fear. Is there anyone that needs encouragement because they are discouraged? And I just said, Lord, may, may this word speak to those people. 
May it sit in their heart. May this lead them to make some room for the new. Because God wants to give you something new. I want you to think about Joshua for a moment. First of all, Joshua is the replacement for Moses. That's some big shoes to fill. He's not the same as Moses. He's very different. In fact, he's a military leader, which Moses was not. He's a military leader. He's like the biblical Mel Gibson of Braveheart, right? He's got paint on the face. He's doing the thing, right? That's, that's, jo- or that's Joshua. And he's different, but, you, you know, he, even with that military title, even with kind of who he was in terms of his leadership, there was, there was something that we all, can know, we all know that, that, that Joshua would become very good at. He had become very good at wandering. <laughs> Think about it. Every day he got up and that's what he did for 40 years. Can you imagine doing the same thing for 40 years? We're just going to walk around. You're going to follow God's lead. You're going to probably come really, he was probably really good at packing up tents. <laughs> he was probably good, really good at, he like learned how to just walk without his feet hurting too bad. Like he, he, you know, he, he probably knew how to make a great campfire. He was like, he was like a really good Eagle Scout, right? Like he knew how to like make sure he could pick up the right amount of manna and quail. He, he knew how to do it all when it came to wandering. And so why is it that, you know, God so emphatically tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. Well, I believe it's because he was in this moment calling him to go someplace he's never gone and to do something he had never done, right? Joshua, is, as, as, as much you know, status that he had, he was about to go someplace new. And a work of true spiritual renewal in your life, I want you to hear this. It will be you going someplace you've never gone, doing something you've never done with Jesus. That's a work of true spiritual renewal. It will be something new. It'll be a new levels of faith and new levels of love and new levels of the work of the Spirit in your life. It just will. So I want to pause because I was thinking about this and I want to make sure, you know, we positioned this series at the beginning of the year, but I want to make sure that you don't think that this is just some January, you know, resolutions series. That this isn't just some talk about, hey, make some new year, new me goals. That's not what this is about. This is something much bigger. This is about spiritual renewal that comes upon us like a tidal wave of God's presence that upends years of wandering through life and calls us into a place that we've never been before. That's what we're talking about. Are we all on the same page? Yeah, okay. Well, Joshua had been in a perpetual state of wandering. Yet when God showed up, here's what I love about the story is that Joshua was ready. Joshua was prepared for the moment. I want to show you the next verse, verse 10, or one of the next verses. So Joshua ordered, after he says, be strong and courageous, that whole bit. Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, we will cross the Jordan here and go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So he was ready, like he was prepared for the moment. Like it wasn't like for 40 years, he, who knows if he was ready 40 years prior, but he, for 40 years, something had been happening in this man to where he was ready when God said, are you ready to go? Are you ready to step into something new? He's like, yeah, yeah, I've made all the provisions. I've made all the room to make ready. So I'm ready for this moment for you to come rushing in and disrupt my wandering. So I want to talk about a few ways Joshua prepared. I have three things that we can take some time with today. 
Um, and I don't necessarily think there's only three ways that Joshua prepared, but I just thought, you know, we only have, you know, 40 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever it is. So I had to, I had to, I had to start with this. So three words that I'm going to kind of use to summarize some of what uh, Joshua did. Learning, depending, and meditating. These are going to be three words I want to talk about. Um, we can come up with other ones, but those are the ones we're going to start with. So let's start with learning. Everyone say learn. Learn. <laughs> this is, feels like we're at school now, but listen, like we kind of are all the time, aren't we? Like Joshua is Moses' assistant. In, in, assistant. in Exodus 24, it talks about a time in which Moses got up. He took Joshua with him. He went to the mountaintop to an experience with God. And, and, and I just love that picture that here's Joshua, who's not Moses. He's not the man. He's not the servant of God, but he's following behind Moses, and he's seeing all this firsthand. And he's actually able to learn quite a bit in this, isn't he? I mean, here's, here's, here's who's, who he's learning from. He's watching Moses, who does exactly what God tells him to do. God says, hey, I want you to hit that rock with your staff. Moses, or Joshua saw Moses do that. He says, I, I don't want you to eat this food. I want you to eat that food. Moses said, okay, I'm going to do it. Joshua saw him do that. You see, every crazy thing that Moses was instructed to do, Joshua's right there by his side watching Moses be faithful. And in that whole season, he's learning a lot, not only about who God is, but who we're supposed to be. And I just think so many, so many times that, you know, uh, this, this process of what we're seeing in Moses and, and Joshua is just the process that Jesus comes and he, he instructs with this idea of discipleship, right? That we should be being discipled. This is critical in preparing for renewal. And I just want, I just want to, I could talk forever about this idea of learning. I'm pretty passionate about it. But, but when we are able to watch others trust God, when we're able to watch up front others take steps, faithful steps, when you've asked questions to other people in your life, like, how do you follow God? Can you teach me? When you're learning from other, it prepares you for the moment when God calls you to do something. And this way of life flies in the face of radical individualism, which is so popular in our day. And here's the thing about radical individualism. It's, it's got a grip on you more than you realize. The world tells us you don't need anyone. You can take care of yourself. Don't ask for help. You don't need authority in your life. You're the authority. You don't need people to challenge you. You see, when we live in the paradigm, catch this, when we live in the paradigm of low challenge and low accountability plus high freedom, high personal freedom, whenever we live in that reality, in that paradigm, it leads to a life that is not only unprepared, but is one that is full of indulgence and self-centeredness. And I know that was, I mean, I, I, that was really intentional wording because I want us to understand that this has got a grip of, on us. We want all the personal fr uh, freedoms to do whatever we want with low challenge and low accountability. That is called radical individualism, friends. And that's got a grip on us more than we realize. So the question for each of us is, is who are we actually learning from? Don't make it up. Don't lie to yourself. Don't tell yourself fibs. Who are you learning from? Who's the authority in your life? Who's the people that you say, I'm going to come under them and I'm going to learn from them because I believe, even though they're not perfect, they can teach me some things. Amen. Who is someone in your life? And you're like, I don't even know how to figure that out. That's what preparing is about. That's why I say, I'm going to make room for this in my life. In addition to having real people speak in your life, I'll just say a quick word about learning in other capacities. Maybe you could learn uh, through a lot of other ways. There's a lot of things that you can do. And one of the best ways to learn, I mentioned this a few months ago, but are you reading? 
Are you listening to things if you don't like to read? Well, get something coming into your heart that's, that's actually making room for learning. Because here's what I'm coming to realize. If I want to learn in my life, I have to make room for it. Because otherwise, I'm going to fill my life up with a bunch of noise. Like, you know, vegging out on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is that you watch. Or scrolling social media or doing our hobbies or doing all these things that sure, they have some measure of enjoyment. But they aren't teaching me anything really valuable for the kingdom. And so we spend way more time with things that are mindless, that are mindful. And so here's the thing. If you want to learn, you're going to have to make room for learning. I don't care if you read 40 books or one book or if you listen to 40 books or listen to one book. There's got to be space for that in your life. And I would say when I say books, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about spiritually encouraging, inspirational books, instructional books. Not, you know, you get it. I'm not talking about Hunger Games here, friends. You know what I mean? I'm not... You can read those, just not only those. Um, Learning is a commitment. Anybody with me? Yeah. It takes time. It takes patience. Today, uh, we're only scratching the surface of this idea. But we've got to make room to learn. Yeah. Right? We've got to make room to learn. Yeah. Second way Joshua prepared is, is this idea of depending or dependence. And it's like, how do I prepare independence? Well, I just want you to think about this. The scriptures say that the story of the story of God with the Israelites in the desert, that God would miraculously provide manna or bread from heaven for them to eat. And they would also provide quail every week for them to eat. And so you got to think about Joshua woke up every morning being reminded that his provision came from the Lord. And I think sometimes we wake up every morning and we think that the provision came from us. We wake up thinking we earn what we have, but how many of you know that if it wasn't for the creative order that God has put in place in this world and the way things actually work without him, we have nothing. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean, that, you aren't, doesn't mean that you aren't skilled or talented or that you don't work hard, but here, here's the deal. All of your work can't produce the life that you have. You are not a silo in and of yourselves. You can't do and live the life that you've lived. There's been so many things, not only people that have come before you that you're standing on the shoulders of, but all those people are standing on the shoulders of the Creator, the Almighty. He's the one that makes all things possible. And so dependence is waking up every morning with the mindset that all of my manna, all of my meat, all of my money, it's only because God has given me the ability to make it, the ability to have it. And so dependence and renewal, it always requires you coming to the end of yourself. We can't do it without God. Renewal can't happen until we're exhausted by the idea of ourself. If you're at the end of yourself, that's when you're ripe for renewal. It's a, it's a life learning to depend on God. And I have to believe Joshua is at this point, don't you? At the absolute end of feeling like he had any control. He had been 40 years in the desert, depending on God every day. By the time God showed up and said, hey, be strong and courageous. You ready to go? He's like, if you're with me, I am in. It's the declaration of less of me, God, and more of you. It's, it's saying less of me and more of you and a humbling yourself before the Lord in all things. It's putting the death nail if you will, in the false worship of self-centered purpose and, and pathetic attempts to save yourself. And it's only by the grace of Jesus that we can be saved and we live under that, under that mantle and understanding. Yeah. Listen to this quote. 
We must grasp our smallness before God can use us to do big things. Every renewal and revival begins with people who reach such a moment. Who can truly come to the end of themselves, discovering the depth of their own sin and the immensity of a holy God who is intent on removing rebellion, evil, and ill from the world? We've got to remember that's part of renewal. It's getting rid of those things. Yet he who set, sent his son to die upon the cross to invite us to be on his side in the remaking, in the remaking of the world, making all things new. That's, of course, from Mark Sayers as well. So we have to make room, and I'm going to make this word this this way. We have to make room for more of God in our life and less of me. We have to make room for that. We must move the idol of self out of our heart and worship the God who must be our daily bread, our daily renewal. Third way Joshua prepared Meditating. Everyone say meditate. meditate. Now I'm not talking about Zen, New Age meditation. You know, you be you if that's you. But something a little different. Remember what God encouraged Joshua with. And I read this already, but I want to mention it again in verses 7 and 8. He said, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Meaning he gave you the book of the Bible, right? Did the first version of it. Edition number one, right? Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. He's like, I've given you some truths here that are going to work. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. He says, meditate on this word. I've given you what you need to be successful and prosperous. We have to make room in our life to meditate on God's word. Now, John, John Wesley if you don't know who that is, he's one of history's great revivalists um, and great Christian leaders. And he was part of the key part of the revivals that we saw in England a few centuries ago, which led to the Great Awakening here in America. This is what he said about the Bible. He said, I want to know one thing, the way to heaven and how to, and how to land safe on that happy shore. That's kind of like poetic right there, John. I like it. God himself has come to teach the way for this very and he came from heaven to teach us the way. We've been talking about that, right? Jesus is the way. He has written it down in a book. Give me that book. At any price, give me the book of God. Let me be a man of one book. And I love that. I love the idea. Yeah, I want to read, but I want to be a man of one book. You see, the Bible isn't just for those who want to learn about God or learn the history of the people of God or, or learn intellectually. It's the living, breathing word of God that still gives fresh revelation to those who are seeking it and wanting it. When they open the word of God, God speaks. It's the word of God, active and alive. A couple of weeks ago, um, you know, a dear friend of mine passed, passed away. And some of you, you know, he was a friend of yours as well. His name was Robert Ross known as Rosser. I actually have a picture of Rosser. There he is, yeah. And uh, he passed away after a long fight with cancer. He's 72, still young. And like I said, a lot of you might not have known him, but you might have seen him around here. He was a greeter at our door and maybe shook your hand one day. And, but he was one of those guys that in our church was, he was just such a, an important part of our church. Um, I really can't, I can't even describe it. Like he was, in it from the beginning. He's one of the first people that even knew this church would come into existence. And uh, he served on our leadership team and was such a huge encouragement to me over the years. 
personally and to so many others. And uh, anyway, he was a great man, but his impact, like I say, I just want to say this because this is probably the only chance I'll get to say his impact on our church. He's one of the unsung pillars of this church that really, that really built this place. And I bring Rosser up today because um, of the amazing things, one of the amazing things about his life, of, of all of the amazing things, I would say his most lasting legacy with his kids and his grandkids was this idea of meditating on God's word. He would say often that you need to hide the word in your heart. He'd say, Tim, you need to hide the word in your heart, you know. And he would quote verses to me all the time. He was, it was, he was just constantly just breathing scripture out of his life. And, and, and I remember his, you know, one of his, his best friends told the story about how one day he got in the car and there's all these note cards with verses written on them. And he's like, Rosser, what's up with these cards? And he says, oh, those are my, those are my memory verses. I'm working on those, all those memory verses. And I was, I, so I just have them in the car and I read through them every day and I get my memory verses so I can put it in my heart. And his friend was just inspired by that, of course. And, 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 and he not only did this personally, but he led his family to do this. And, you know, one of the powerful things I didn't know about him, but I learned at his funeral is that he was doing this with his grandkids where he, even in this last year when he was getting more sick and more sick, he was sending videos to them quite frequently in which he would share his memory verse with his grandkids. He had 17 of them. Um, and, and then he would tell them, hey, what's a verse you're working on? And I want you to send a video back to me of a verse that you're working on. And I think it was just, it's just a beautiful thing to witness someone preparing to the very end. He never got tired of God's word. He's the reason my family's working on a memory verse this week. I want to still be a person who's learning from my mentors. And I already mentioned the memory verse, and I'm about done, so Josh, you can come, but I mentioned the memory verse that happens to be Joshua 1.9, which wasn't necessarily intentional, but worked out pretty nicely. But it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I just feel like that verse actually brings us full circle today. Because I really do wonder who in this room needs some strength or courage. And I wonder who's afraid right now. You know what, what's interesting is I've even encountered, I don't know if you've encountered this, but sometimes I'm afraid of change, even the change that God wants to do in my life. I'm so used to wandering. I'm so used to the comfort of knowing how to pack my tent and start the fire and pick up my manna and my quail and just keep going through the motions of a life that isn't really fulfilling His promise. But I wonder who in here is, needs encouragement because you're discouraged. Can I just say no matter how strong you are, it's never enough without God. I've met some strong people, but it's never enough without him by your side. And I don't know about you, but just talking about renewal, just talking about the possibility that God could fulfill a promise, that he could take me someplace new, someplace I've never been. It just makes me want to make room in my life. I just start to realize like I'm not as 
busy and filled up and full as I think I am when I actually cut the things that aren't that important. And I start changing the things that are in my life to become more intentional, to start sending text messages that actually have purpose and meaning. I already send enough of them, might as well make them matter. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that I'm already doing that can be renewed. There's a lot of things that I'm already spending energy on that can be better spent energy. We have to make room in our heart for learning. We have to make room in our heart for less of me and more of God. We have to make room, of course, for God's word. And here's the thing. I didn't want to say these. I almost hesitated. These three ideas, they're not the end all be all. I'm not trying to give you a list of three more things to go and do to bring about renewal. My hope and my heart is that I would hope that this church would inspire in you this longing for a great move of God in your life. That you would go and do the things necessary to make room for God to be able to do something. You see, renewal, when renewal comes upon unprepared hearts, it will simply just wash away. The tide will come and you'll get wet. <laughs> but the goal isn't to get wet, it's to get swept up. To get swept up in a move of God's Spirit, awakening our hearts with strength and courage, with faith and love that will cast out all fear. And sometimes I wonder, am I just, am I just saying this because I'm a pastor and I'm like, I don't know, this is, this, this is what it means to follow Christ, to experience the new life in him. For a prepared person, when renewal comes, it floods our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the flood, it floods in over our head and it carries us to new to someplace new. You know, I'm not, I'm, I know I've been mentioning it, but remember 20, Leviticus 26, you will be eating last year's harvest, which by the way, there's a lot of meanings around that. One is that God is always a God of plenty. He's given them overage and they're still eating last year's harvest. But sometimes whenever you pull something out of your harvest that you plant, that you got a long time ago, it's getting a little stale and it's kind of old. And, and here, you, here you go. You will have to move it out, even though he's given you more than you need. He's actually got more for you. And so even though it was good and it served its purpose, he's actually giving you something new that's better than the thing he gave you last time. And so he wants you to move out last year's harvest so you can make room for the new. Are you with me? So I just want to, I just think right there, I just want to pray for us. So why don't, to do that, will you stand with me? We're going to pray together. God, we just want, we just want, we just want you to move in power. We want you to move in our hearts. We want you to do what you want to do. You know, every time Christy and I had one of our kids, like I said, we had four kids and every time we prepared, we made room for them in our life. But every time we heard the news that he was bringing something new, there was no hesitation about all the preparations that had to be made. In fact, there was a lot of joy in the preparation. There was a lot of anticipation and expectation that we were ready for the next chapter 
And sometimes I don't know if that's how we feel. And I just want to hopefully help pivot your heart just a little bit. Pivot your heart this morning. Maybe you even have to ask the Lord, Lord, I want my heart to change just a little bit. Like the new, that I'm not afraid of it, that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking that I'm going to lose something, but that it's all about, God, you have something better ahead for me. So fill my heart with joy, fill my heart with anticipation, fill my heart with expectation for what you're doing in my life right now. Holy Spirit, will you come and move? I just want you to even say that in your own heart. Lord, would you come and move right now? We're asking Holy Spirit to come and move in power. And I just want to say this, perhaps you need to hear today that God, that God's way of life is the real way of life. Maybe you've been around God, been around church, but you've never just had that moment which you've made it clear in your heart that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And I just want to encourage anyone in the room that needs that today. You can just bow your heads if you haven't yet. Bow your heads and just say, if you want to give your life to Christ today, you can just say it with a simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. It's a, it's a prayer of surrender that says, Lord, that my life is no longer my own. And so, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to make that declaration today. I don't want to try and keep doing this on my own. I need you in my life. I want you, God, as the Lord of my life. So just say that prayer even as we stand here. Jesus, I give you my life. You can just whisper that. Jesus, I give you my life. And I do feel led, in addition to that prayer, I feel led to pray for some people today. Um, I want to pray Joshua 1-9 over us. If you need strength or courage, if you feel afraid about something in your life, if you're living with fear, or if you are discouraged, I want to pray for you. And so you can just acknowledge before God that that's where you're at, that I'm empty of strength or I need more strength, or I need courage, or I need you to help me overcome fear, or I need you to give me encouragement today. Would you just lift your hand? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand if you need that prayer today. You need, you need the prayer that, for strength, for courage. Anybody else, just lift your hand. I'm gonna pray over you. God, we just pray in the name of Jesus for anybody today that, that just needs those words of Joshua 1.9, to be strong and courageous. Do not fear, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let that word let hide it in your heart today. Let it sit with you. Memorize that. Father, we pray that over these people, that, Lord, whatever's going on in their life, <clears throat> would you just make room for the new? One more prayer. If the Lord is talking to you about this idea of making room, I want to pray for you to make room. If anything today inspired your heart to say, I need to make room for learning, I need to make room for God's Word, I need to make room for just more of God and less of me. If you're in that boat, would you just raise your hand? If you need to make room for more of God in your life, just lift your hand. We're, we're all in it probably together. But Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that we aren't passive. We aren't, we aren't um, disinterested in you. But that, Father, we are discontent with the state of our own lives and faith and church. And discontent, not meaning an angry discontent, but a hopeful discontent that, God, you're not done. You got more to come. And so, Father, we pray that in Jesus' name over each and every person that's looking to have a heart to make room for you today. Would you just fill them with ideas and vision and commitment, Father, to that call. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we, we have a great way to just continue to respond today. We're going to create some space for worship. It's the perfect song for making room in our life. But, but more than that, this altar is open. 
You can come and get on your knees. I just believe there's power in getting on your knees. I need there's power in raising your hands and surrendering to him and worshiping to him. But the idea for the next five minutes is don't disconnect, but actually let this be a response to the word of the Lord today and what he's saying to us. God, we love you. We give you this time. It's yours. We make room for you in your name. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.